NASA's newest Mars rover named Perseverance is scheduled to land on the red planet today, beginning a historic mission. CBS's Chris Martinez shows us why the space agency says if this visit to Mars is so important. A nearly 300 million mile journey comes to an end as NASA's Perseverance rover arrives on Mars. It's a mission full of firsts. Part of what we're doing is kind of paving the way for human exploration. Gregory Villar is an engineer who spent years plotting the riskiest moment of the Mars mission, the landing, a seven-minute white-knuckle event. All the way from the software to the hardware working, there's so many things happening in these seven minutes. It's, that's why it's so nerve-wracking, and so we're all going to be glued to our seats just hoping for the best. And liftoff. As the countdown to Mars continues, Perseverance successfully blasted off from Kennedy Space Center back in July. On Mars, the car-sized robotic spacecraft will search for signs of long-dead microscopic organisms that may have thrived on the planet billions of years ago. To do that, Perseverance will drill into the ground, collecting Martian rock and dust samples NASA hopes to one day return to Earth. The Mars Sample Return Project, of course, is probably the most challenging thing we've ever attempted within NASA. We are hoping to learn if life ever existed in the ancient past on Mars. The Perseverance mission is also tasked with another first, exploring the planet's surface from the air, thanks to a drone helicopter named Ingenuity. With their numerous cameras and sensors, the drone and rover will study the climate and geology of Mars, helping scientists as they plot manned missions to the planet in the years ahead. Chris Martinez, CBS News, Los Angeles. NASA's latest trip to Mars is one of three ongoing missions to the Red Planet to both China and the United Arab Emirates. Also launched spacecrafts to the planet last July. So there you have it. We're on Mars once again, as of yesterday. Be interesting to see the new uh, pictures in different places because I think this rover's in a different spot than the other ones were have gone off to they've roamed all over the place I think they still have one that's working or both of them I'll have to see if I can find out what uh, what the scoop is on that um, there's big ambition to colonize Mars and I guess that's a pretty bold move uh, these people are doing this I think because they're pretty sure that we're basically on the path of destruction or overpopulation I guess here on Earth um, the thing with Earth is it has its own way of recycling when there's too much something going on the problem with it is is it's our lifespans so Elon Musk he's he's really hardcore in on this a lot of other governments as well I don't I'm not sure exactly what the whole uh, rush is but hey it'll be cool to you know see what they can come up with you know it sounds like you know by 2024 Elon Musk wants to have a bunch of uh, uh, what how did he put it uh, I guess uh, stuff up there that they can start building a colonization or structures I guess and then 
possibly within I don't know he he's got really high ambitions on getting people up there which is going to be better for exploration to actually have physical people on the ground you get a lot of pictures that come in from uh, probes that are going around the planet you know taking pictures mapping certain things out but you never get the exact same type of I guess uh, results that you will from somebody actually physically being there seeing feeling and all that stuff the surroundings but I think it's kind of a pretty risky mission especially here at first for whoever's gonna go up there first and I don't know I guess best of luck <laughs> Everybody for for a while now they've they've talked about terraforming the planet and everybody's been brainstorming about how they're gonna do it. But I think the biggest problem's going to be is Mars doesn't have a very active magnetosphere. And I'm pretty sure that's probably the reason why it doesn't have liquid water and much of an atmosphere at all. Because the magnetosphere, like our planet, is what protects the planet from the solar wind and its radiation. So at one time, I'm sure Mars had more of an active uh, inner core that created more of a magnetosphere that kept the planet, I don't know, I guess liquid water and at a, a stable temperature. Um, right now, as far as I understand, is a lot of this... The temperatures on Mars can reach negative 250 to around 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So it'll probably depend on where you're at and then where it's at in its rotation around the sun. Uh, probably affects a lot of that. So, in the technology right now, how, we don't really have technology to melt any of the, the frozen water on the poles. The best thing I think they could probably do is try and utilize the sun uh, with some kind of reflective something or the other, you know, out in space and kind of use it like a microscope when you can harness the sun's energy down into a fine point and melt it that way. I don't know. That seems to make more sense to me, but I'm not a scientist, so I could be way off. Uh, Elon Musk was talking about uh, exploding like some kind of nuclear bomb in space above the polar caps to create almost like a, a fake sun you know just this massive intense light and heat but I don't know if doing that with an, like a nuclear bomb would really be all that great because then there's like deadly radiation I'm sure that's going to fall all over the planet <laughs> like I say he's probably just thinking I don't know brainstorming different ideas but I, I really don't think doing nuclear bombs on the on a planet you're trying to inhabit is probably the best idea um, so at one time I think because Mars is smaller than Earth that it's it probably had the molten core or more of a molten core that give it the properties it needed to create create the magnetosphere but if their calculations are right and it's mostly iron and the planet's smaller than earth then it's easier 
to get cooled down and lose that liquidity that's causing the inner parts of it to create the magnetosphere. And I think at one time, one of the mountain ranges has, or what they think is an old volcano, uh, that would be more proof that, you know, it had a more active inner core. But I think there's only like one of them on the planet, which tells me that there's no plate tectonics as well, or that, you know, the surface has been cool for a really long time and solidified all that rock to solid. And that is another problem, I think, you know, because like the earth, it, it's, it's churning inside and it's got such a high pressure of gravity in there that it, the pressure is what creates heat. So if you've got all that nickel, I think most of the core is iron mixed with nickel or something like that on our planet. I don't remember exactly, but it's the size of our planet as well. I think that helps keep it just right. Um, where Mars is farther away from the sun, so it's not getting uh, direct sunlight heat that it would need to be warm enough on the planet. But it's also smaller, so, you know, it's like take a big ice cube and a small ice cube, and the small one's going to melt first. Well, it's kind of the same thing the other way. If you take something small and move it farther away from the, the heat source, and it's going to stay cold longer if that makes any sense but they're they're on their way they're saying it's gonna happen and I mean it'll be it'd be cool if, to see what they can come up with you know here in the next just I guess 20 years I mean if you think realistically about technology and how fast it's changed uh, just since the 90s you know, and that's been, what, 20 years ago, 30 years, 20, 25 years ago, let's say, give it the mid-90s, that, you know, just in computing technology, um, I don't know what's, I think the biggest problem is, is just the amount of time it takes to get to Mars with the current technology that we have. I think that's going to be the big jump is if we can get some kind of technology the only thing we have is rockets we use rockets to shoot up into space fling around the earth and pick up speed and then that you know flings you out towards mars and it's got to be at a certain time of certain years when mars is closer to earth you know there's a whole lot of factors that come into to play when traveling that kind of distance you want the planet, obviously, to be the closest it can get to Earth in our orbit around the sun. And so all that timing's got to be right as well. So the technology, I think, in our propulsion is good. It would be what would realistically speed up colonizing another planet versus just rockets. Because that's realistically all we really have right now. Let's just blast a rocket up there, hope for the best, and just, it's going to take you know a few months to get there. 
but if we could cut down the amount of time it took for us for us to travel from here to there then that would be huge you know with some other kind of propulsion system because you know I don't know how many rockets you're gonna launch now and that's the funny thing you know about the climate change people is that they're so convinced that we're gonna doom we're doomed here on this planet we got to change all these things uh but yet we want to go to mars and create more co2 and here we've got to create less co2 but the difference is is we've got two totally different planets that react totally different to the those kind of scenarios so Mars, now, Mars in the future, who knows? So far, we've got rovers on there, and we've got uh, probes that fly around it and map things and take different measurements. So it'll be interesting. It's, I don't know, I don't see it realistically happening with people. I think there's there's got to be a lot of radiation there not having an atmosphere or a magnetosphere so i don't know exactly you know nobody knows what the effects long term are going to be on human bodies there i mean just from the little bit i know that they've given information it seems to me like it's kind of a death trap but you know maybe they'll you know live and learn or die and learn I guess is what I would probably say on this one. And we'll see what comes out of it, but I don't see us being on Mars realistically for very long. Uh, I would say for the most part, it's probably a pretty dead planet long term. Unless some kind of new amazing technology comes out that you can restart the planet's inner core to produce more of a magnetosphere to be able to keep that solar radiation from stripping any kind of new atmosphere back off the planet that they seem to be planning on like melting the caps getting all the co2 out of it the water and the rock and whatever else so i don't know that's our mars uh, update for today since uh the lander landed yesterday. I figured I'd give my two cents on that. It's a little bit shorter podcast, so might be a little bit easier to listen to. And now you won't have to listen to me ramble anymore, because that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> Hopefully you'll join me again on the next one, and we will catch you then. Thanks for listening.